So, our first guest tonight is Joanna Jenkins. Joanna grew up on a small farm in country Queensland. After graduating from UQ in the late 80s with degrees in both English literature and law, she practised as a solicitor in big law, including for many years as a partner in an international law firm. In one of those companies, Joanna was the first person to work part-time after having a baby, and in another was, for at least a couple of years, the only female partner in the Brisbane office. She now writes full-time. Married with three sons, Joanna lives in Brisbane. Please welcome Joanna Jenkins to Millennium. Uh, and what a great debut novel this is, Joanna. It's very, it's, it's, it's fantastic. Fast-paced, witty, but also acerbic, and the, the end is satisfying, which is always very hard to do. Um, but before we get into the novel itself, I, I, I'd like to delve into you a little bit, if I, if I may. You say in your bio that you grew up in uh, rural Queensland. Where does that mean? Uh, I grew up in Childers. I don't know if you're familiar with it. We lived in a... We lived in a farm just outside Childers, in fact, right next door to Chris's cousins, as, it, as we just discovered. Uh, we had cattle. Everybody else in Childers had cane. And we were only there for 10 years, and I know that you're all familiar with country towns. So we were always the blow-ins from down south and never, <laughs> never quite, you know, never quite became an integral part of the community. Um, so I was I was a kind of booky nerdy kid. So you weren't born born there. This no, is we came there when I was five, and I had an older brother and sister. Oh, okay. Mm. And were you um, was it expected that you would go to university and study English literature and law? Um, yeah, it's a, we have a very strange fa family history. So we we were quite poor, but. My, my grandfather, my mother's father, was a partner at a firm called Allen Allen and Hemsley, which is um, in Sydney. So he came from a, a long line of lawyers, also, as it turned out, I discovered more recently, also a long line of thieves. Um, <laughs> but don't we all? <laughs> we probably don't know it. Um, yeah. So, so quite, a, you know, a reasonably distinguished legal family and then a sort of hiatus and then yeah so law was always a possibility oh okay well that's so, so yeah because i mean it's not so many people from childers who end up going to university in more that particular, in that particular era yeah no that's right more now they thought i was quite odd that i didn't want to go and get married when i was 18. and look in in your bio but also in the novel this term comes up quite a lot big law yes and, i made and, that up pardon i made that up Oh, see, okay. I thought I thought this must no, be no, something. I, I thought this must be something. I made it up with a capital B and a capital L. I think I thought it articulated it quite well. Oh, it, it does. <laughs> but you know, I mean, it's just that um, it, it, it's a distinction from the law that, in one form or another, almost all of us encounter sometime in our yes. lives, right? So I just wondered if you could kind of tease out what big law is. Uh, well, my firm would only act like so. Clients had to be pre-approved. Um, seriously, and it depended on their balance sheet, and so they they would have to, generally speaking, um, you know, publicly listed. But even then, they had to be very big publicly listed companies. You look at me. As a no, 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 okay, no, I mean, and, yeah, and they, and, it, and any suggestion that we would act for other people was always met with some resistance. If you wanted to do something for a pal, say, yeah, okay, that we, that was not. 
that was met with resistance yeah. for, for good uh, reason as well as yeah. but, bad but, reason. But what the, the thing that comes through in the book is that it's a, a really cutthroat industry. Yes, it, it's not. It's not something. It's, it's not it's, a it's kind. A, not, for, place. not for the not for the kind-hearted. Faint-hearted, no. Faint-hearted. Well, no, I mean, I've got, no, yeah. no. True. No, it's a. It it is. It's fairly. It can be quite brutal. I mean, you know, there's there is there are fun times in the trenches. Yeah. Um, you know, a bit of camaraderie in the trenches. But generally speaking, especially in partnership, it's actually quite a. There's a lot of competition between between the partners. Ironically, given that we're in the same. Um, business, so there's a lot of competition to get the bigger piece of an enormous pie. So there's a very large pie, yes. and there's competition to get the biggest bit of it. And I think so, you have to be, you have to, in a way, and I, I guess I'm not speaking well of myself here, but in a way, you have to be interested in that in order to um, put yourself through it. Yes, um, I mean the book shows a lot about this, about this kind of cutthroat, this, this, yes. this grasping for the pie. And, you know, I mean, I don't think it's giving anything away about the book to say that the victim uh, in this... Um, the, the the he dies on page one, so, so I think, so it, I don't I think, think it's I don't okay. think I'm giving it too much away. That, that <laughs> Ga but, but Gavin Jones is a particularly unpleasant character. He is. But one thing you could also say is that he's not that much more worse than a lot of the other men in the, in no, the thing. No, that's true. And I was just wondering what that was like, therefore, for you to, as a woman, coming into that profession. Um, it was. It was actually. It was kind of difficult. Uh, <laughs> um, there was. It was kind of like being in a sand pit, like being three, and being in a sand pit with a whole lot of boys, and there, and there, you know, a number of Tonka trucks, but one of them is bigger than the other, and you get biffed over the head. To, if you touch the big Tonka truck. It was a bit like that. <laughs> <laughs> you may wonder why I did it. I used to wonder that too. I, I can understand that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm speaking, I, look, of course, I'm actually friends with many of my former partners and they've actually been incredibly supportive about the book, so I shouldn't speak too ill of them. And I actually think that they, in a way, they found it hard. They found it hard as well. Yeah, mm. I, I mean, I've I've spoken to for several women, and is it getting easier? I'm talking about the men. They, I think they they find it hard. They you know they find it hard. I think actually once once because I started um, as a partner, and there there was there was one woman in the partnership. And I honestly, I'd go to partners' meetings, and I'd think. Uh, they, you know, they, they do, go around the table and you, there's a scene where they're going around the table in a partners meeting on a, early on a Monday morning. They go around the table and they'd have to say what they'd done that week and you could see that they were trying to think of th something to say that made them, you know, sound really impressive. Um, and then the next guy would go, oh, I've got a better that. And, they'd, and, so, and so they'd say, oh, well, we had a meeting with a client last week and the client was really impressed by our work and they said how wonderful it was. And I think, I was at that meeting, they didn't say that. <laughs> and I used to, I, at first I laughed because I thought they were joking, but it soon yeah. became apparent yeah. they weren't. But so, so as more and more women, um, so by the time I left, of the 20 of us in the Brisbane office, there would have been five or six women and the temperature had changed and I think everybody was relieved by that. So first of all, they were surprised that women could be normal. <laughs> 
but then but yeah. then they were sort of relieved i think that the that the culture had changed but it wasn't is, is that because you think women are innately less well, competitive I, I think i just think we're a bit more tuned to the bullshit like seriously i used to look at women and <laughs> go, go that didn't happen and and we'd kind of look at one another and go that that and, and in fact, because I was the senior one there, the younger ones just look at me and go, did he really just say that? I'd say, yeah. But, um, yeah, but I think that the, it, it's that, you know, that sort of jostling for ascendancy. Yeah. Which is what, that's what Gavin is about. He's, yeah. He has this sense that he's a failure. And, and I, by the end of it, I felt a little bit sorry for him, not because he but because he, he just he had this sense that he was a failure and yeah. he needed to win and yeah. he just ran out of ideas yeah yeah his, i mean yes his, his and talent his 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 back his backstory does give a reason for why he's such a shit you know but. yeah <laughs> yeah it's a personality yeah. they were you know they were he, they were causative factors yeah. so listen why did you give the audience a, a taste a little reading oh sure Okay, so where, where it, as I said, he dies on the first page. So now we're on page five. Um, <laughs> and there, there's a, a partner's meeting where um, the partners in the Brisbane office are having a discussion. So he's a very important client. He controlled a lot of fees. Um, and so they, first of all, they talk about um, uh, how sad it is. Um, and then we're a few minutes into the meeting. Um, we need to shore up, sorry, I should also say Gavin worked for a company called Mineralic. So the client technically is Mineralic, but Gavin was the one who, the person who controlled the fees. We need to shore up our role with Mineralic, said Craig. We don't want Gavin's death to throw a spanner in the works. It amazed Ruth how quickly life closes over the wound caused by a death. Ruth knew that Anne, the wife, would be in shock, trying to assess the extent of the damage caused to her life. Ruth had been there herself little more than a year ago. But Howard Green was already looking at a post-Gavin world. Specifically, Ruth's partners were focusing, the day after the man had died, on how this would impact their own working lives. Ruth sighed. Perhaps she was being too harsh on her partners. They did need to know how to deal with the professional impact of the huge gap caused by Gavin's death. The cogs of capitalism would grind on regardless of tragedy. I think we need to wait at least until after the funeral, said Philip. The Global Corporate Council is coming out from the States, which reminds me, we should organise another more cheerful function while he's here. Ruth tensed. She breathed in and held the air in her chest. Anything else, Philip said? Key messages, asked Owen, who always wanted to know what narrative the firm should collectively disseminate, the spin. It was the standard discussion before going to a pitch meeting to pursue work from a client, or when something bad was about to happen, a mass redundancy of long-term staff, for example, or the cancellation of the Christmas party as a cost-cutting measure. Viv's eyebrows were so high, it looked like she, she's a young partner, the other female partner in the room, was so high, it looked like they might escape into her hairline. But <laughs> Philip took the question with equanimity. Good point, Owen, said Philip. Our key objective is to show our support to our friends at Mineralic and to say how sorry we are about the enormous gap Gavin's death will leave at work and at home. Abruptly, Philip closed his notebook with a snap to indicate the meeting had finished. 
that everything he asked, then straight away, yes, I think that covers it. You all right, Viv, Ruth said when they emerged from the meeting. Yes, I'm fine, she said, a frown wafting over her face, just worried about Anne, Gavin's wife, who's her friend. Ruth said nothing, reached out and touched Viv's forearm. They always suspect the wife, don't they, Viv said. The distress in her face played round her mouth. The slash of red lipstick was distorted as she constrained strong emotion. It wasn't tears. Her eyes were dry. It was anger, fury. I know we're not supposed to say it, Viv said, but Gavin wasn't a great guy. He was a fucking awful person. Ruth couldn't argue with that. She searched for ways to exhort Viv to keep those views to herself. Speaking reverently of the recently dead was very near the top of the list of social norms. I'm pretty sure he was horrible at home, Viv said, but he was awful at work too. Everyone is going to say what a great guy and a great lawyer he was. He wasn't. He was a prick. She stopped and added, and a shithouse lawyer. Viv turned to Ruth. You know that. Ruth nodded reluctantly, a knot in her throat. She wondered if Viv understood the danger she would put herself in if she proclaimed her loathing of Gavin Jones. If the police were looking for suspects in a murder case, they would turn their attention to anybody who suffered from Gavin's disdain. Viv would be at the top of that list. But, Ruth thought, the list of those who suffered from Gavin's manipulative contempt would be long and would include others in that room. By deciding who did Mineralic's legal work, Gavin had controlled millions of dollars in fees. Howard Green partners relied on him to fund their lifestyles. If sycophantic admiration of the man was all it took to secure work from Gavin, that's what they delivered. Ruth shrugged it off. Why would the police bother looking into the law firm that acted for the dead man's employer? And anyway, according to Brisbane's Murdoch tabloid, murder cases involved tattooed men wreaking revenge for drug deals gone wrong or men inflicting domestic violence. Murders didn't happen in the pristine towers of capitalism. Thank you. And we're talking Eagle Street here, aren't we? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes <laughs> you do yeah. mention somewhere that it comes up that it's actually Eagle Street that we're talking about. Yeah. So, did, uh, sensitive question, did you have an agenda here when you were writing this novel? Uh, yeah, I, what, the, what I wanted to do was write a novel about the culture in, in big, not just law, but in big corporations, like this sort of culture at the heart of capitalism, the sort of brutality of it and the sort of pointless brutality of it in yeah. a way. Um, so the murder, the murder story is really just what, what I used to call in my practice a delivery system for, because it would be pretty boring just having a... a you needed a pr something to propel, a plot to propel it forward because yeah. having um, endless meetings, unless they were talking about something interesting other than, you know, a pipeline, um, <laughs> it, it needed some human yeah. drama. And, and, but apart from the murder, there's actually quite a lot of um, casual bribery going on as well. Or I wouldn't call it casual. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, there's, there's kind of this, there's some outright bribery going on. Yes, I know there's some, but, some outright corruption going on, but we, that comes later in the book. But, but there is this thing of, of um, conferences in exclusive locations, expensive oh. dinners, um, Grange Hermitage. There's a, there's a lot, of, there's a lot of, um, of, of, of money going down, being splashed around all the time, around clients. Yes. 
the money is um, uh, th there's a lot of it and it is splashed around liberally yeah Mm. And so, I mean, that was part of the agenda as well, just to point to that as well, just to point to the way that they behave, yeah? Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, and to give an idea of the excess, um, the excess in, in that sort of milieu, yeah. So based on the success of this novel, are you now going to, to, to write... Uh, is Big Law going to be the, the theme of your future writing? Uh, I thought I'd write a novel about a country town. <laughs> just because everybody else does. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's festering away. Okay. No, well, I think, I, I think look, I think you have the, um, you have the smarts and the, and the capacity with writing, with words, to, to choose any field you want to. Yeah? Oh, thank you. Yeah. So, look, please thank Joanna Jenkins. Thank you.